When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chuck on Score North and scorenorth.com. Bonus scoop time, which means it's a Tuesday. Zolga, Declan Goff, executive producing, and the star of the show, our good friend, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Oh, yes, me. Oh, yeah. Darren, look in the camera. Look in the camera. Acknowledge the camera and acknowledge that you are the star of this play, okay? You are the man. Your check is in the mail, Judd, for that. I'm more of a Scooby no, guy, personally. Far from any sort of star. Yeah, Scooby is the star. Thankfully, he's calm. He's downstairs right now sleeping. Stella found the sleep herself. Stays there. Yep. Yeah. No. You know what? It's it's so peaceful. It's amazing how how much noise a dog can make because when they're sleeping, they're just the most peaceful creatures ever. All and right. You know what? By the way, yeah. the male lady. We have a a male lady, a male, a male man. Yep. She just dropped off the mail about ten minutes ago. So no surprise, right? Like he hears her approaching, he goes nuts. But thankfully, that was ten minutes in the rearview mirror. So Your he's gone back downstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's comes good. At like four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's rock solid. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a that's scoops a on the male, male person. That's a good male person. That is oh, an yeah. all star male person. All right, sir. Let's start with the uh, Wolves who played an exhibition game last night against the Pelicans. They beat them at Target Center. I, I was at the X watching the Wild, but there seemed to be lots of excitement. And I can tell you what will cause more excitement. Any trade speculation currently that is progressing about, yes, the man of the hour, Ben Simmons. I don't know if it's necessarily progressing, Judd, where I can advance the story. The narrative is that Sachin Gupta, now Gupta's been on the job now 12 days. He took over two Wednesdays ago, officially. He's been on the job 12 days. So no surprise, on the job 12 days, he's done some things, including officially reaching out to Philadelphia to express interest in Ben Simmons. The same hurdles remain, though, Judd. I think where Sutchin feels like at least he has a fighter's chance is he is uber-creative, right? I mean, we know he created the ESPN trade machine, but he had his fingerprints over some of the transactions going back to his time with Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia, that 76ers front office five, six years ago, that he feels like maybe he was handcuffed at times with Gerson. Clearly, we know this much. Suchin and Gerson late, like going back the last three-ish months, they didn't have the best of relationships. That goes back to Suchin hoping to escape, to go work for the Houston Rockets. Gerson blocking said move. 
there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue between the two for a few months. So not to suggest that it was a dictatorship, that Gershon was operating solely in regards to acquiring, you know, trying to acquire Ben Simmons, but I'm not quite sure there was a whole lot of dialogue with Gupta. So I think Sachin Gupta looks at it and says, okay, I'm starting from scratch in many ways. Maybe I can find a creative path to involve a third team that Gerson just didn't think about. Still a long shot, Judd, but I think there is something to be said about how creative Gupta can be. And the clock is ticking here too, right? Dukes, like, like at some point in time, the Sixers are going to have more of a problem on their hands if they don't trade him. I just got, I got to think that part of the give here is going to be the Sixers saying, we just keep this up of him not being traded. Well, and I mean, they're going to say, okay, Ben, do you really want to forfeit all those millions of dollars? I mean, at this point, it seems like Ben is willing to sacrifice right. many millions of dollars. But when, you know, to use the cliche, push comes to shove, you know, when it's December, when he's missing out on those, you know, bi-weekly checks, you know, or those direct deposits, you know, does he have a change of heart? But yeah, certainly, you know, on a daily basis, whether it's Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, go up and down the list. I mean, whoever Philadelphia makes available, they're pretty much, I'm telling you, just about on a daily basis, there's some sort of question related to Ben. It clearly is a distraction. Now, could one argue it's also a distraction here? Like, you know, and I had some fans go at me for asking the questions, but to me, it's what a lot of fans want to hear about. So at media day, I asked Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. I asked a couple other players, D'Angelo Russell, about the Ben Simmons chatter. And a lot of fans are like, why would you ask them about that? Because that's what a lot of people are talking about. Yes. And those are logical names that could be included in a trade. So, yeah, if other reporters don't want to ask, fine, so be it. But I'm going to ask questions that people are thinking about, enough people yep. are thinking about. You know, so one could argue, is it a distraction with the Wolves? I don't necessarily look at it that way. To me, the distraction is with the Philadelphia 76ers. So that brings up a really intriguing point, too, because the one thing is, what would you think that the thought process is as far as as potential, and this might sound crazy, but the potential chemistry of this current team and then trading away guys from this current team uh, to get Simmons, who, who, like, if this was a uh, fantasy basketball trade, you'd be like, absolutely. But what do you think the concern might be? be because I don't, I don't know if it's a tight knit team, but there certainly are guys who are close on this club. Um, if you were to make that trade, do you think that that will factor into Gupta's thinking at all? Well, I mean, I think they are tight enough. I mean, a majority of the guys were down in Miami just a few weeks ago, having a good time. I mean, if, if a certain guy or two didn't have a good relationship with the rest of the team, I'm not quite sure he heads down to Miami. Now, Anthony Edwards had some other obligations that week, but trust me, with Anthony's personality, I mean, he gravitates toward a lot of different people, like him and Ricky Rubio. Like, from afar, you wouldn't think Anthony Edwards and Ricky Rubio would have this strong bond. They formed a really strong bond last year. My sense, Judd, is if Sachin Gupta can land Ben Simmons and combine Ben with D'Angelo, with Anthony, yeah. with Kat. So you're probably giving up, okay, Jada McDaniels, Malik Beasley, you know, maybe Patrick Beverly, depending on how the money shakes out, maybe multiple first-round picks. I mean, that's the sort of package you need to present. All that being said, yeah, I think Sutchin 
still has interest. I do. You know, chemistry being, you know, certainly a factor, but he really feels like, hey, Ben has a relationship with Cat. Ben has a relationship with D'Angelo Russell, former high school teammates, that we can make this thing work. And, oh, by the way, you know, this is more me speculating, but it has to be maybe not in the front of his mind, but the back of his mind, where if you're stutching, you're trying to impress Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, Glenn Taylor. You would love to have the title of president of operations. Right mm-hmm. now, his title is vice president. Yes, mm-hmm. he has final say, but he doesn't have the president title. He would love to be here for you know the foreseeable future. I hate to say long term because the business is so fickle. There's constant change, but at least have that title of president of operations. You land Ben Simmons. Undoubtedly, that will help the Wolves considerably to being a top 10 team in the Western Conference. That's the goal, right? That's the stated goal. Yes. You know, maybe maybe not from everybody, but trust me, down in Miami, there was a lot of talk about this team being one of the 10 teams that makes the playoffs. Maybe even higher than that. But minimum 10. 10 out of 15 make the playoffs now, Judd. I mean, your percentages are pretty good yes. in that regard. So it's you land Ben Simmons. It is hard to miss the playoffs. That's why it's unfathomable, you know, going back all these years, how often, even with just 8 out of 15, that's still better than a 50% chance. Going back all these years, the Wolves missing the playoffs year after year. It's just it's hard to grasp when you have on a yearly basis a better than a 50% chance. But now you have, whatever the math is on that, a 66% chance to make the playoffs when you consider the 9 and 10 seeds have a chance in the play-in tournament. So all the Wolves, to me, Judd, have to do is be better than Oklahoma City. Should not be hard. Mm-hmm. Houston should not be hard. New Orleans, Zion Williamson coming off foot surgery, that would worry me greatly. I think Willie Green is a good hire, but like it's hard for me to see New Orleans being better than the Wolves. Okay, so that's three. What exactly is San Antonio? They lose DeMar DeRozan. Like I don't really see how San Antonio – is better than the Wolves, but Greg Popovich is as good as it gets, right? So, I mean, he's going to max out, you know, the talent, the potential that he has. But I just look at that roster, and I'm like, okay, Minnesota is better than San Antonio. So then you might be looking at Minnesota, Sacramento. Who's better? That Minnesota and Sacramento are competing for that 10 spot. Plus, like, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's dangerous to just assume that Memphis is going to be really good again, but to me, Jaron Jackson Jr. missed just about all of last year. He's now back. I like the move bringing in Steve Adams. I like Jackson with Adams, a defensive-minded center. I love John Moran. So I still think Memphis is a playoff team. But if if you want to make the argument that Minnesota can be better than Memphis, I'll listen to that. You know, there's some question marks in Dallas, right? Jason Kidd taking over. But I still think Dallas with Doncic, with Porzingis. I think Dallas is going to be better than Minnesota. Phoenix should be really good again. Utah should be really good again. Portland, there are some question marks, but I still think even with Chauncey Billups going in there now with the coaching change, I still think as long as Lillard is there, I still think they have more talent than the Wolves. I would be surprised if Minnesota is is better than Portland. But there's still a pathway. Like If you can be better than Sacramento, to me there's an obvious pathway to the Wolves being a top 10 team. I rode the elevator last week with Jim Peterson, so I caught up with Pete for a while. And we were on the, the same wavelength, and I get it. 
you know, he broadcasts for the team. Heck, he was golfing the other day with D'Angelo Russell. So there's a bias there. I get it. But I also think he'll speak his mind, especially just me and him, right? Like, he's not catering to to a big audience. Him and I are just chit-chatting, catching up. I've known Pete for a long time. Two friends catching up. We both agreed. You know, it came up. We both agree we would take the over 34 and a half wins. I'm not suggesting, Judd, they're going to go way over the Vegas over under of 34 and a half wins. But if they can maintain their health, I think they go over. I think they can get to 37, 38, 39, maybe even 40 wins. But they need to stay healthy. Look at the Phoenix Suns last year. Yes, Chris Paul was the ultimate difference maker. But look at how healthy Phoenix was last year. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me otherwise that Phoenix was able to be that good. Phoenix was going to be a top eight team. But I think Phoenix was a top three team in the West because those guys stayed healthy. Phoenix was as healthy as any team in the league last year. So if you can tell me that the Wolves can find a way to have Cat play 75 or more games, D'Angelo Russell play 75 or more games, Anthony Edwards play 75 or more games, those three in particular, I think the Wolves can get over 34 and a half victories. And Dukes, how much are you buying the the cat? Because I, I feel like we've been here before where cat comes in, he's enthused, and he's going to prove people wrong. And how, how much are you buying that cat might be on the precipice of a, of a I guess if it's possible, another step towards a breakout type season? I think he's going to have a really good year, Jeff. I just, I look at the body. I can tell how much work he's put in. I get the sense that that mentally he's in a much better spot you know, just last year was so weird, right? Losing his mom, just everything he, he dealt with, his own COVID battle. Yep. But the shape he's come in, the way he took leadership down in Miami, yeah, I think he's primed for a really good year. There's also the incentive, Judd, of if he is an all-NBA player, and I think it's realistic to think, okay, if you really feel like, okay, Jokic is still going to be really good. Maybe not MVP good like last year. Maybe he will be, but... If you feel like, okay, Nikola Jokic, first team, all-NBA center. Joel Embiid, okay, second team, all-NBA center. Okay, well, then it's a battle. Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns, maybe another guy or two, but those two in particular, it's a battle. Who is that third team, all-NBA center? Carl Anthony Towns has an obvious goal to be all-NBA because if he's all-NBA this year, Judd, he is super max eligible. There are millions of dollars at stake on his next contract, on whether he makes All-NBA this season or not. So that is one heck of a motivating factor. But I'm just telling you, based on where he's at mentally and physically, I think he's primed for a big-time year. Speaking of contracts, where where do things stand in the negotiations with uh, former first-round pick Josh Okoge Dukes? So the deadline is two weeks from today, opening night. If the Wolves want to extend Okoge, if they don't, he's restricted. So it's not like, you know, he hits the open market unrestricted after this season. But so far, you know, Gupta's done enough in 12 days. But one thing he has not done, at least as of about 48 hours ago, I can't account for all day Monday per se, but at least going back 48 hours, Gupta has not established any sort of contact with the Okogi camp in regards to an extension. We'll see if that changes. But yeah, the deadline, the clock's ticking two weeks from from today if the Wolves want to extend Okogi, but I'm telling you so far, no talks in that regard. All right, let's move on to go for football, which obviously won on Saturday at Purdue. Um, a story that I don't think 
we really knew about at all until it emerged with a, a, um, a statement that didn't tell us a lot from the Gophers on Monday. So Trey Potts got something happened near the end of that game. He came off the field, was attended to, which I don't think because of the intensity of the game at that point, people really saw he was left behind in Purdue in a hospital there. What what can you tell us about what's going around about this Trey Potts thing? Because like it certainly doesn't sound like a sprained ankle or something like that. It sounds like it, it was a fairly serious medical issue. Very serious, Judd. Yeah, very, very serious medical issue. When Mark Coyle, director of athletics, yeah. the team doctor, uh, the head trainer, they all stayed with him in Indiana. And as of yesterday afternoon, he was still you know, there in Indiana receiving medical attention. I tried to chase an update. You know, seeing if there's a plan when Trey Potts can come back here to Minnesota. In fact, I just got a text message. Let me see if this is it. Yeah, okay. Somebody from the U, they'll provide an update when there's an update to provide. So I guess okay. that's a way of saying we don't know what, what there's happened. no definitive plan right this second for Trey Potts to come back here to Minnesota. Wow. Uh, I guess the best way to say it, Judd, is serious medical matter. Uh, I can tell you, let me read this text message, that – Somebody I know that has some access to, to some different camera shots said, when you go back and look, there was a large presence of people around the medical tent right before the Tyler Newbin interception. So Newbin with whatever right. it was, a minute, minute and change left, you know, game ceiling interception, the go for safety, that at that moment, there were a lot of people huddled around the medical tent. So I don't want to speculate on exactly – what the heck it is. Do I have maybe a, a sliver of an idea? Sure. But let's just say a very serious medical matter. I don't sense it's life or death. So maybe that's subjective on very serious. But he could be out for quite some time. Well, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's scary. So yeah, I mean, you know, it goes without saying we wish him yeah. and his family just all the best. Yeah. But it's very just weird serious. That, that people like didn't see it and it's, you know, this bad, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a reminder, Judd, of, of how vicious oh, yeah. football is, right? Yes. And, you know, I mean, there's just there's different things that, you know, it, it may not be obvious. Yeah, I mean, when Joe Namath, you know, snaps his leg or any number of examples like that, it's the visual is right there staring us in the face. But no, there's a lot of things that can happen. You can take a vicious hit, yeah, and it may not be obvious within, you know, well, uh, the following five you know, seconds, it may be five or 10 or 15 minutes later. And the scary thing, and I, I have no idea what is wrong with Trey Potts, but the scary thing is things like ruptured spleens, internal, like there's a lot of internal things. I, I mean, you're, you're right. Watch a game. Um, and, and thank God it doesn't happen much, but I mean, we certainly have seen guys have internal bleeding that, you know, they just don't feel well. They're like, I got hit hard. And then the next thing, a good, Doctor is like, okay, that's not good. So um, let's move on to twins. Because... And that's a good way of saying it. I mean, everything you just said, spot yeah. on. I agree. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Um, let's move on to Twins. 
in my contention, probably the most disappointing season regarding expectations going into a season in the history of the Twins. Certainly the most disappointing team in this town since the 2010 Vikings compared to what we expected. Um, I, I thought I saw that uh, that shooter in the Pioneer Press talked to Jim Polad for his Sunday column. And Jim's like, I give everyone, I give uh, Derek and Thad and Rocco an A-plus for their work. It's going to be fine. Uh, I'm not kidding you. It's unbelievable. He gave him an A plus. He's like, you know, a lot of things happen. Yeah. Okay. It it was, what's the reality of what the fallout is going to be though? Cause I mean, this usually leads to some type of change, not saying drastic change, but at least to some change. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some coaching staff reconfigurations. I can see an addition or two. I'm not necessarily convinced yet that there's going to be an outright firing. You know, Bill Evers is is retiring, but I don't know if we'll see an outright firing, but I can see maybe a, a reconfiguration. I'll tell you this much. There is an internal sense that Rocco, and I mean, I think it's pretty clear, but that he misses Derek Shelton and James Rousen a lot. Right. Well, and, and Mike I don't Bell, think we talk about Bell, that enough. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that can't like be. Like he needs a bench coach. That can't be under. One. Yes. And so that that is a big point of, of emphasis. You're right. I mean, yeah, we can't undersell the impact of, of Mike Bell dying. I mean, they thought at one point he'd be okay. You know, his age that, uh, you know, the shape he, he was in that, yeah. that, that he'd be able to overcome and, and get back at some point this year. So yeah, certainly his death back in spring training impacted them a ton, but I'm just telling you uh, there's a few people that have brought up missing Shelton Oh, missing yeah. Rousen. And, and I just don't think we talk about that enough. And Shelton's not my, I, what I've read from Pittsburgh is while, while they are very disappointing, Shelton's not in trouble yet, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets blown out here at some point in time, I wouldn't be uh, shocked to see him come back because he and Rocco were tight. I mean, they were thick as thieves. And the thing that I think we can say with full confidence um, is that 2021 taught us this. Among Rocco's strengths, one of them is not X's and O's game management. Agree. He struggled. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he just flat out struggled with it. Now, when you look at lineup construction, like two big things in that regard, the X's and O's, lineup construction, bullpen management. Yep. Lineup construction, like that's not him. I mean, there's it's no, some I'm saying in game, Dukes. I'm but saying, yeah, like, no, in game, changes, yes. But I'm just saying game. To me, as I evaluate a manager, two big ones are lineup construction, mm-hmm. bullpen management. Well, lineup construction, you know, clearly that's done pregame. There's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Let's put it that way. That's not that's not Rocco on an island by himself making Correct. that lineup. On bullpen management, yes, 100%. Well, and yeah, I'm there's, all, there's no doubt about it. And, dude, beyond that, though, I, I'm saying the nuances in game, TK was a bleeping master. And, Molly was fantastic. Like, like he he had a he had a memory where if you were like, you know, Paul, there were two strikes in the seventh on this guy, and there was a man on second. What happened there? He he'd be like, well, the, the guy on second didn't take his his lead. Or, or, I mean, it would be incredible. Rocco lacks that completely. And and look, I do too. So it's not like I'm that that's a, a demerit against you, but you know, the ability to take the game itself and like, I mean. TK, when TK was doing Fox Sports North, there was a game where he got mad at the White Sox center fielder for how he was playing. Like, he's seeing stuff that's Harvard-level baseball. Um, I guarantee you, Rocco, don't see that. No, he doesn't. Now, maybe eventually he does. He's still young enough where where mm-hmm. that that 
that savant-like nature could eventually, you know, hit him. But yeah, Molly and and TK, yeah, in a different stratosphere compared to Rocco in that regard. You know, you also look at the roster, like, they don't really have guys that can steal bases outside of Buck. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that that you're going to, you know, uh, give the green light, okay, go steal, hit and run. I mean, there's a lot of swing and miss. Yep. With the lineup, you know, yes. a, a few guys for sure. But, like, how often can you execute hit and runs? How many guys would you trust to lay down on a bunt? I mean, you know, it's a select few. Yep. You know, certainly Polanco's got that ability. I'm not saying they don't have anybody, but right. I do think there are some there are some lineup deficiencies. Mm-hmm. But that being said, yes, Rocco, and, and I'm telling you, Judd, they know that. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is probably the key hire with the staff to really monitor. I mean, maybe they reconfigure some stuff, you know, hitting coach wise, you know, tinker here and there, maybe add a pitching coach with a different title. You know, they can add some coaches. I mean, there's some teams that have like 13 or 14 coaches. Now the twins don't have that. So they may add a body (laughs) or two with a fancy title, but certainly that bench coach role, that, that right hand man, that is going to be the key hire when it comes to Rocco staff. Pitching-wise, I, I could see uh, Jeremy Hefner returning from the Mets because R- Rojas got blown out yesterday, and my guess is that they're going to bring in a, a new pitching coach staff, Dukes. So, well, they would be nuts because he's under contract. I know that. Uh, they have they an like option him. on his contract for 2022. If the Mets are smart, they're keeping Jeremy Hefner. They would be idiotic to let him go. It's the Mets, Dukes. I know it is. And so, yeah, they're as dysfunctional as, as any professional Let's call sports organization. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand that. But but with them having contractual control, if if anybody in that front office has has a sliver of of, of brain power, they're going to realize we have him under contract. Let's keep him. Byron Buxton talks. That, that's going to become eventually a big conversation here. Where do things currently reside with those? All right, so let's go back to, you know, the third week of July. Even before that, you know, the Twins, the Buxton side were having – uh, negotiations, you know, in the end, the Twins offer a contract, about $80 million guaranteed over seven years with with a bunch of incentives built in. Buxton turns it down rightfully so. Like, I don't I don't see why he would have accepted that. But if you're the Twins, the worst anybody can say is, is no. So why not make the effort? Uh, but I'm not shocked he said no. But then the question is, yeah, so when will talks pick up again? Because can the Twins head into next season – with Buxton in his walk year. Don't they need to get some sort of resolution at some point this winter? Mm-hmm. And I get what the elephant in the room is with the CBA expiring December 1st, but let's go on on the idea that they can find a resolution on the CBA that we have a full 162-game season next year. So let's just go on that premise for sake of this Absolutely. conversation. The Twins need to have some sort of resolution. It's right. either trade Buxton this winter or you find – a way to extend him. You pay him what he's looking for. I don't think he's necessarily looking to break the bank. I do think he likes it here. Yeah, do I think some people close to Buck are still pissed off from a few years ago when they manipulated his service time and didn't call him up? And if they had called him up, by the way, he'd be a free agent right now. He wouldn't be a free agent after next year. Yes, I think that's true. But I, I think genuinely Buck really likes it here. I think he'd like to sign an extension here. Like Jose Barrios, Always wanted to get to free agency. Unless the Twins are going to put this unbelievable offer on the table, which the Brio side knew was never going to happen. 
mm-hmm. was always content and looking at, I want to hit the open market when I'm 28 years old. In Buck's case, he's very, 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 very open-minded to staying here, to signing a five, six, seven-year extension. So what I'm going to get to here, Judd, is there's actually been talks since that $80 million offer. There were talks, but there haven't been talks in the last four to five weeks. But there were talks after Buxton rejected the $80 million offer. So the Twins remain very interested in finding a happy medium in signing Buxton to a long-term deal. Which would look like what, Dukes? Five years, 100-something? Well, I mean, I brought this name up before, but it's been a few months. I mean, look at what Toronto gave George Springer. What was it, six years, 150? Yeah, that's I mean, comp. Yep. Buck is younger. Buck is a better player. I just don't know how you take less than that, but maybe for the long-term security, maybe you can get him mm-hmm. to sign for less than that. But if I'm the Buxton camp, I mean, I'm not taking anything less than what Springer got from Toronto. All right. Because all it takes, Judd, all yep. it takes is one team, right? There would be one yes. team oh, that yeah. would be willing. I, I firmly believe this. There would be one team. Yes. If Buxton hits the open market, Yes. now I actually think they're going to find a way to get it done. I, I think he's going to end up signing an extension. So let me go on the record with that. Declan, write that down, whatever. I think they find a way. I can't tell you the date, but I think they find a way. I think Buxton ends up signing an extension here. But let's just say he got to the open market December of 2022. Judd, all it takes is one team. Yes. I'm firmly convinced one team, whoever that would be, the Yankees, whomever, the Mets, somebody would give him that George Springer contract, if not more. Mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right. Uh, Vikings. So, so here's the dilemma there. And this is, it's not really being reported on a ton, but it's juicy. Zimmer comes out yesterday at his press conference and says, I fully expect Anthony Barr is going to play on Sunday. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy and I don't blame him one bit, but ordinarily won't tell you it's Monday. Like, like if you ask about guys playing, he's like, I, I don't know. And, and that's the game. Um, it's very telling if you read between the lines of a head coach coming out on Monday before a Sunday game and saying a guy who hasn't played since week two of 2020 is going to play. And the Anthony Barr thing is very intriguing because I talked to people who really thought that he at the very latest was going to play um, in this past game against Cleveland. What are you hearing about what's going on there? Because I think there's far more turbulence than what we're reporting on or talking about. I agree on that front. I think Mike Zimmer's words on Monday, Anthony Barr expected to play Sunday against Detroit. That's great. Us media fans, you know, wrapping our arms around those words. Those words for an, were for an audience of one, Anthony Barr. Yeah, I think <laughs> that you're was, right. That was a direct message. Anthony, you're playing on Sunday. Judd, the Vikings, I've been saying this for a few weeks, but they didn't put him on injured reserve for a reason. They really thought he'd be back at worst week three, the Mm -hmm. Seattle game. Mm -hmm. But they thought he'd be ready for the Arizona game, that they thought they'd have him against Kyler Murray. I think they thought, you know, okay, September 12th, that's really really aggressive. Yeah, we don't think we'll have him in Cincinnati. But I'm just telling you, like if, if you talk to some Vikings people on background, let's say August 29th, August 30th, Judd, they would have told you September 19th. Let's fast forward about 20, 21 days. Yeah, we will have Anthony Barr in Glendale, Arizona against the Cardinals. So not only does he miss that game, misses the Seattle game, then he misses the Cleveland game when they get gashed for 184 yards rushing. 
The run <laughs> defense has been pitiful for mm-hmm. a while. I mean, this year, last year. Yeah. Like, and, and I think, yeah, I, I think Zim's furious. I think some other people are furious. I mean, they look foolish, right, Judd? I mean, if you knew he was going to miss three games, you want to put him on injured reserve. Yes. You were playing with a man down, essentially. Yes. That's horrible roster management. And they know that, but they didn't put him on IR, Jeff, because they really did believe. Like, I'm telling you, like, at worst, week three, we will have him for that home game against Seattle. But I'm just, I'm telling you, Judd, they thought for a while in August he'd be back by week two. So, and so now that we're sitting here heading into week five. Yep. And I guess, because I'm trying to see it from the other side the other point of view so anthony barr takes the pay cut comes back he is now in a contract year mm-hmm. so he's still chasing a nice contract next march right it's a finite amount of time for these nfl players to maximize their financial earning power so yep. anthony barr has his eyes on next march one more contract right so he didn't want to put his body on the line he just doesn't. But at times, you need to play at 80%, 85%. You're not always going to be 100%. But I think that's one way to look at it, that that Barr comes back, but he had to take a pay cut. The Vikings, you yep. know, it was a, maybe a tough spot for him, you know, late in the game, wasn't sure in the open market. So he comes back. He decides to take the pay cut, comes back. But, like, how do you not, you know, just have a little bit of frustration, minimum in that regard, right, when when you take the pay cut? And so now in a contract year, you know, I'm sure he's thinking internally, yeah, I need to be 100%. Like, I'm not putting my body on the line in a contract year. But I'm just telling you, the Vikings, what you said, spot on. Like, yes, (laughs) there's some frustration there. Hey, hey, Dukes, he also, uh, by doing this, is forfeiting. He he has $500,000 due in per-game roster bonuses. So he's costing himself as well. And I, the one thing we don't don't know is if there's but yes, some, but about if that you knee feel being like arthritic make, or something. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, we don't that know that. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I don't know that. Uh, interesting you bring that up. I, I don't know that, but I just think you look at it, and, and good reminder on the roster bonuses. So that, that is so he's part costing of the story. Money. So thank you for, for bringing that up. But I still think there's a sense that you can make up a lot more than that in the long run. But Absolutely. yes, definitely worthy of bringing up with this conversation. Final scoops before we go, sir. Go ahead. Ryan Saunders is, well, I think he's back in town. I caught up with him, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. But he went out to San Diego, but the Denver Nuggets are done with their training camp in San Diego. So uh, presumably he's back in town. That doesn't matter. But he spent some time with Mike Malone. Remember years ago, Malone gets fired. I think it was by Sacramento. It doesn't matter who. But uh, Ryan's dad flipped. Didn't really have a relationship alone, but, you know, coaching fraternity said, Mike, come come to Minnesota. Just come hang out, you know, uh, just come observe us, you know, just something for you to do. Right. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're down in the dumps after getting fired. You know, come hang out. And, you know, Mike Malone's paying it forward. Right. Something that Flip Saunders did when he didn't have to do many years ago. So Mike invited Ryan out. Ryan also has a really good relationship with the Nuggets, Pobo, Tim Connolly and with their general manager, Calvin Booth. I've been asked a lot, Judd, why isn't Ryan working? Why, why didn't he have a full-time job? Well, he's still getting paid from the Wolves. There's some personal stuff going on there where it makes sense for him to be here in town. He's going to eventually work in the NBA again. He had multiple opportunities. Think about 
Think about some people in the league that are head coaches that he has a really good relationship with. There were opportunities to join those staffs. And I'm talking multiple, not one, multiple. Heck, maybe even Denver, right? I mean, he just was there, but sure. some others. Uh, he sure. had multiple really good assistant coach opportunities, but for personal reasons, he'll stay back here in Minnesota for this season. Awesome stuff, man. We will talk to you on Reckless Speculation Thursday when it will be just the three of, of us because Phil will be traveling. So plenty more to come on Thursday, Dukes. I appreciate the information, and uh, you have a good week. How about the Dodgers being the betting favorite in the World Se- to win the World Series, Jeff? That division was crazy, man. Like that the Cardinals can crazy. win tomorrow. And if the Dodgers win I tomorrow, I think I'd probably bet on the Dodgers to win the World Series. 107 wins for the Giants, 106 yeah. for the Dodgers. Yeah, Talk but like the Cardinals could win tomorrow, Judd, and the Dodgers are done. Right. The betting favorite, like it's nuts. Yeah, we, see you, Judd. We'll we gotta go, Thursday. dudes. Bye. Right. Bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.